Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald, and today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be guarding our soul. Let's begin today in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in the 14th verse, It says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the Spirit, Despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, and also will do it. Verse 23 is very important. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the way that God has designed us, and this is the order that he has established. We've spoken on this a lot, but understanding our design is fundamental to the way that we live our lives. In the modern church today, there's a misunderstanding concerning our design. This is especially important when it comes to our fight with the devil. We are called to guard our soul and to guard our spirit against the attacks of the enemy. Joshua chapter 23 and verse 11 says, Take good heed therefore unto yourselves, that you love the Lord your God. The word for yourselves in Hebrew means a soul, living being, life, self, person, desire, passion, appetite, or emotion. This same verse in the Message Bible says, Now vigilantly guard your souls. Love God your God. Philippians 4 and 7 tells us, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word for mind in Greek means thought, purpose, design, the heart, the mind, soul, feelings. We find here soul again. The concordance goes on to say, It means to every mental effort, properly the mind, especially its final output, systematic understanding, the result of thinking, the personal verdict that comes out of using the mind. Proverbs 4 and 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In Hebrew, the word for heart means inner man, mind, will, and heart. The concordance goes on to say it means the inner mind, soul, comprehending mind, affections, and will. It's used figuratively very widely for the feelings, the will, and even the intellect. 
It's clear from these free examples, and many others all throughout Scripture, that it's necessary and it's in our best interest that we guard our soul. When the devil attacks a person, he always starts by attacking their soul, which is their mind, will, and emotions. The reason why this is the case is because these different areas serve as points of entry for the enemy. He starts with the soul, but the real prize that he is after is a man's spirit. Our spirit is made up of our conscience, communion, and intuition. Those are the free elements. And these are the real areas of our lives that the devil wants to attack us in. But in order to even be able to do so, he first has to get through the soul. The soul is the entry point by which the devil seeks to gain a foothold into a man's life. The spirit is the part of us that deals purely with the spiritual. And our body is the part of us that deals purely with the natural. And the soul is the mediator between them. Since it's the mediator, it serves as a good access point. The end goal of the enemy's plan is to infiltrate and take control of a man's spirit. When we are born again, our spirit now belongs to the Lord, and the devil will never be able to successfully attack us. But just because he won't be able to be successful doesn't mean that he won't try. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21-22 through 22 tell us, Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ, and hath anointed us, is God who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. The word hearts in Greek means character, inner self, intention, center. The concordance goes on to say that it means the effective center of our being and the capacity of moral preference, volitional desire, desire producer, and our desire decisions that establish who we really are. It's the center and seat of spiritual life. Our spirit is sealed by God. It will never be infiltrated. For those who haven't yet given their lives to Christ, it's a different story. They too need to guard their soul. And because their spirit is not yet sealed, they are at a real risk for the enemy to infiltrate their spirit because their spirit has become insensitive from lack of use, which can lead a man down the path to possession when the enemy takes full control of a man's life. This is why the enemy wants to attack people. The devil wants to capture a man's spiritual faculties because they are his most important possessions. Once the enemy can take a hold of them, he can control their entire being. We need to take a closer look at each faculty individually to see why the devil wants these so badly. The first element is intuition, which is defined as the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. This isn't possible in the natural. It's only possible through the inworking of God. God puts a knowledge of truth, whether they discern it or not, in every man's life. Proverbs 2 and 6 says, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Even though every man has this innate intuition of truth, many, because of their fallen human nature, try to fight against what they know to be true. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 in the English Standard Version says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what could be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. The devil wants people to suppress the truth in their hearts, because once it's suppressed, it becomes far easier for him to spread his lies and deceit into their life. Once he can control a man's intuition, he can block access to the truth. The next faculty that the devil wants to control is the conscience. 
The conscience is the inward sense of morality that is innately informed by God and His law, which He writes upon a man's heart. Isaiah spoke of this. Isaiah 30 and 21 says, And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. Romans 2 and 15 says, Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. Even though everyone has this, many ignore their conscience, and over time it becomes harder and harder to discern it, until they lose sensitivity to it completely. This is the devil's goal, because once this takes place, he can destroy a person's sense of morality and then lead them to think wrong is right and right is wrong. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 to 2 tells, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. The devil wants to destroy your morality because he wants to prevent the will of God from being done. 1 Timothy 1 and 19 says, Holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. The term put away in Greek means to reject, to thrust away, to refuse, to repulse. Once people reject the counsel of their conscience, the devil can then put his lies in its place, and in turn can control a man's outward actions and behavior. The last faculty that he seeks to control is our communion. This is the most important of our faculties. Our communion is how we talk to and hear from God. It's our time spent with God. Jeremiah 33 and 3 tells us, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. Jesus said in John chapter 10 and verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Once the devil can get a hold of our communion, he can prevent or put a roadblock when it comes to our communication with God. This is what makes possession possible. Once communication with God is blocked, the devil has free range to lie, deceive, and ruin a man's life. Once the devil has infiltrated the spirit and takes over these free faculties, he controls the man, which is possession. This is the risk of the non-believer. But since we are born again, we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. The devil can try to attack us, but he can never successfully infiltrate our spirit. As Christians, we can never be possessed. This is the end goal, but this is not where the attacks begin. The enemy follows the same pattern. First he oppresses, and then he possesses. Possession is of the spirit. Oppression is of the soul. Oppression is when the enemy lays a heavy burden on our minds and hearts. Oppression is something that Christians may face from time to time. It's not God's will, and it's not our inheritance either. It's an assault of the enemy. It's caused by Christians letting their guard down. The devil's attacks always begin at the level of the soul. The reason why so many people are oppressed today, the reason why the devil has gotten a foothold into so many people's lives, is because they haven't properly guarded their soul. They've left the entrances to their lives wide open, unlocked, and unchecked. And because of this, the enemy has subtly crept in unawares. As we saw earlier, the soul is the mind, will, and emotions. 
These are the entrances that we must guard carefully. We have to take a closer look at each of these individually. But before this, let's go to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in the 24th verse, it says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. We are built upon the rock. We can withstand any attack through the power of God. God has promised to preserve us throughout every attack that we will face in this life. Psalm 12, verses 6-7 through in the ESV says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in a furnace on the ground, purified seven times. You, O Lord, will keep them. You will guard us from this generation forever. Just because the Lord guards us on our behalf doesn't mean that we have no role or no part to play. We have an important role to play. One of the main avenues of attack is through our will. He seeks to attack our decision making. When we're following the will of God, the devil will constantly try to tell us that we're making the wrong choice. We should pick something that feels good in the moment instead of what's beneficial and profitable to us in the long term. He'll do the same to us like he did to Eve. He'll lie and say that God's trying to hold something back from us, so we should ignore God's will. The more that he can change our will, so that it's not in accordance with God's will, the further that he can pull us away from God. He does this subtly over time, so that it goes unnoticed. This gives him an entrance into our lives to oppress us. In order to prevent this, we need to guard our will. We do this by checking our will against the will of God, which is found in his word. John 7 and 17 in the ESV says, If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking of my own authority. We need to use our discernment. When we are in the will of God, we're protected. It's when we stray from his will that we become the most susceptible to attack. This is why we must stay vigilant in guarding our will at all times. The next important avenue of attack is through our emotions. Emotions are a good thing in and of themselves. They are given to us by God. Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 tells us, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Even Jesus showed emotion. At the death of Lazarus, when Jesus went to the tomb, John 11 and 35 says, Jesus wept. The problem is when we have emotion in excess, too much of an emotion than is warranted, which is emotionalism, which is a sin because it ends in itself. This can open the door for the enemy to oppress us. We need to have self-control. We can't allow ourselves to just have emotions for the sake of having emotions. Proverbs 25 and 28 in the ESV says, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Without it, we leave the door wide open for the enemy. If we allow ourselves to indulge in sadness, it can lead to depression. Indulging in anger can lead to wrath. And indulging in happiness can lead to complacency. 
Like with the guarding of the will, we need to check our emotions. We need to make sure that they're under control. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 26 to 27 tell us, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Never give place to the devil. When we experience emotion, we need to guard them and keep them under control. We don't want to give the devil any ammunition to work with. The last avenue of attack, and in many ways the most important, is the mind. The devil attacks us by trying to change the way that we think, and also what we think about. He wants us to get our minds off of God and the things of God, and onto the things that are not of God. This pulls our thoughts in two different directions, which can lead to confusion. But we know that God is not the author of confusion. James 1 and 8 says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We need to guard our mind from being harmfully influenced by the world. And in order to do this, we need God. Romans 12 and 2 tells us, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God has promised that he will renew our minds, but like with emotions, we still need to exert self-control over our thoughts. We need to guard what we allow ourselves to think about. Philippians 4 and 8 tells us, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So how do we guard our minds? The answer is found in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, which says, Casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. As our minds are renewed, we have to bring our way of thinking and our thoughts in line with the will of God that He has revealed through His Word. God wants us to use our minds, but we have to use them in the way that He intends for them to be used. When we leave the door open by thinking the wrong thoughts and not basing our way of thinking in the Scripture, the enemy will start to confuse us, which will cause instability to arise in our lives. When we guard our minds, God will bless our effort, and we will be able to be victorious. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. As we saw earlier, Ephesians 4 and 27 says, Neither give place to the devil. In the NSAB it says, And do not give the devil an opportunity. When we guard our souls, we are standing our ground. 1 Peter 5 and 8 tells us, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. This is why we must guard. But James 4 and 7 also tells us, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The devil will flee. That's a promise. Whether we are being oppressed right now or not, we are called to guard our soul. We need to make the choice today to follow this calling and to claim the victory over the devil in faith. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us a way that when the enemy tries to come against us, tries to attack us and bring us down, that we will be protected. That you have given us the wisdom and the initiative to guard our soul, to guard our mind and our will and our emotions and to bring them into captivity, into obedience to your will. Lord, we thank you that you have made your will clear throughout your word. And Lord, we make that decision, that choice today, 
to follow your will for our lives and to not allow any attack of the enemy to prosper. But that attack that he tries on us will come right back on him. And Lord, we thank you that you are the God who is the judge and that you see all these different things that come against us, all the oppression that's not only on us, but on everybody around us. And that you have not forgotten us, that you've heard our cry and that our oppression will not be forever. Weeping may endure for a night, but we know that joy is coming in the morning. And we know that if we stay faithful in guarding our soul, that you will deliver us and you will bring us out with victory. And Lord, we thank you for this and everything else that you're doing. We give you all the honor and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to guard your soul and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We appreciate also if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from, and if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.